Next news as it happens. Next scheduled news at 11 o'clock over WOR Radio 710, the talk of New York. chamber makes it sound better please hello test one, one two three four hello can you hear me up there Al? yeah okay okay it's getting all the way to the balcony very good very good it's nice uh, we would like to salute the if i may before we start tonight i would like to salute the uh, staten island fireman who was uh I, i'm going to use no names here at all of course there's no no point in that but he was a fireman see and uh, he was caught uh, setting uh, false alarms 39 of them, and he was rolling from one alarm box to the other, pulling the pulling the switch, see. And so they staked out the box. One of them, they said, she's going to have to hit this one eventually. They didn't know what was doing it, you know. And uh, these guys staked out the box, and sure enough, this car came up, and the guy looks out, and he looks both ways, and he jumps out of his car, runs over, and pulls the alarm, and zap, they got him. Terrible moment. Turns out that he was a fireman. <laughs> Well, now, I don't know whether you've ever been involved in, uh, and I don't advocate this at all. I mean, uh, you know, I, no way can I advocate this. Do you have anything in there for me? Did I give you anything in there, Joe? What do you got? Let's see what you got in there. Just hit the button. See what we've got. That's very good. Is that what you've got? That's fantastic, Joe. Great. That's what's going on in the mind of a guy that sets false alarms. Listen to that. loose somewhere there. Some kind of a screw loose on the machine. There it goes. It's really good. Look. Right. It needs a little graphite on the hinges. Right. Bad. 
course it is. That's right. This, incidentally, is a uh, is very, very... I'm glad I put this on. It's just inadvertently. It's a, it's a very rare tape. Uh, this was a tape that I shouldn't really talk about on the air, but I'm going to because it's got on the air by mistake. I didn't mean to get on. This is a tape that was actually recorded in the laboratory of an unnamed mad scientist who is working in the state of New Hampshire. Now, where I got this is none of your damn business except to say that I have, as the newspapers say, my sources. Unimpeachable sources. Now, they got political sources, but I got chicanery sources, which are even better than the newspaper, and my source has given me this authentic record, a tape that was made with a hidden tape recorder in the laboratory of a mad scientist. He has to be mad with sounds like this. This is no, this is no guy that's uh, down there working on a new button hauler or something, you know, for Westinghouse. This is, a, this is a mad scientist working in the state of New Hampshire, and he is cleverly disguised. His cover, for those of you who want to look into this a little closer. His cover is that of... Now, I, I'm not even going to tell you. He goes around... Oh, let's put it this way. He goes around town dressed as Ronald McDonald. Of course, everybody thinks he's just a local, uh, friendly, you know, freaked-out kook. That's all. But actually, this guy has degrees from all leading scientific institutions in the Western world, including UCLA, the Indiana Polytechnic, He's got uh, degrees from the Vienna Institute of Mechanics. The guy's up there in that lab, and he's working on the big one. Listen to this. Furthermore, I have some incredible 8-millimeter, super 8-millimeter pictures of, of the machinery as it's working up there. It's incredible. Big sparks flying, and it's got those... It's got those uh, uh, those curly-looking glass things with the bubbles going up and down in them. It's got it all. It's got two big balls, and the sparks go flying between it. There it goes. There, see? What do you think he's doing? That's the only piece of information we could not get, what he's working on. Of course, that's the problem with mad scientists. In general, a mad scientist is, is searching for world domination. Every mad scientist I've ever run into, in fact, I had lunch with one the other day, the only thing he wanted was to control the world. I built controls the world, he said. And I said, look, I don't care about the world. If you can get the waiter, that's all I want. And uh, he couldn't even do that, so I'm not worried about that scientist. But uh, I'm saying here that he's probably out to control the world. Maybe that's what we need, somebody to control the world. The world is totally out of control. Have you noticed that? It's bonkers. Where, where is he when we need him, Fu Manchu? Well, we need him today. Where is he? Right. He's probably teaching pediatrics at Ohio State now. But uh, listen to this. Oh, you know what this thing is? It's got great big iron shoes that walk on a floor. It stomps on peanut shells. He's working on some kind of atomic energy that is contained in the planter's peanut shells. It's fantastic. Bring it up there. Come on, Joe. You ought to see his... Uh, his assistant. He's got this gnarled dwarf that comes from a middle European country and he plays a flute. God. Whew. Boy, that's all. That's the end of the tape. And if uh, the CIA wants a copy of that, forget it, you finks. I got it on my own. This is my sources. And I'm going to say to you that all reporters are allowed to keep the sources to themselves. You don't have to do this. The Supreme Court said it, right? 
And don't think by writing to me, you klutzy listener, that you can find out where are my sources. I'm not going to spill the beans. No way. Absolutely no way. This thing is going to make Watergate, believe me. It's going to make Watergate look like somebody once stole a box of Girl Scout cookies. And they tried to cover it up. Well, uh... <laughs> ah, I'm getting rotten easy. But that, that, that tape, though, is, is very authentic, and I, and I don't want any of you to get alarmed. Uh, but uh, there's bad stuff brewing. Bad stuff. And uh, when this cuckoo bird finally uh, actually solves the last key to uh, his uh, equation, it's going to be... Well, I'll tell you. I th- actually, on the other hand... I think man has always had a secret desire to have somebody control the world. Oh, yes, man has a deep-seated desire for a, uh, a benevolent ruler, they call it. In fact, you see it running through all kinds of, uh, of uh, so-called fantasy fiction. Uh, for example, Shangri-La, you know, uh, Lost Horizon, a benevolent ruler. And uh, that's, that's the dream of man. Get this guy somehow that has incredible knowledge of everything. He knows the secrets of all the universe, and he has nothing but beautiful thoughts about everybody. And uh, he sits on top of a high throne and wears long, white, filmy robes. And uh, he says things like this, uh, you know, typical uh, classical wisdom of, uh, of uh, that type of ruler in fiction as well as, as in fact. A little echo chamber, Joe. He says things like this. I say unto you, all my faithful subjects, I say that as the peony blooms in the spring, and as the petals fall upon the quiet sea of tranquility, man is destined to love man. God, and then the whole crowd fall on their knees and say, Oh, man, man, that bows me up. That far out, far out. Oh, whoa, that's, that's the truth, the truth. See, that's called the guru syndrome. <laughs> man has always had a desire for a benevolent, all-seeing, all-knowing, all-human, all-understanding, all-everything creature to rule them. And uh, this scientist up in New Hampshire is working on it, friends, so we may get it. Better living through chemistry. Actually, uh, <laughs> that reminds me, it's commercial time. <laughs> I'll lay a little goody here on you. Sail away from New York on the Vista Fjord April 10th and we'll pay your coach airfare home from Port Everglades, Florida after 16 glorious days of Caribbean cruising. Or join this cruise in Port Everglades and we'll pay half your round-trip coach airfare. Or again, we'll pay half your round-trip coach airfare for the Vista Fjord's two-week cruise April 26th from Port Everglades. That's Norwegian America Line's sensational offer on the spacious and luxurious Vista Fjord's newly scheduled Spring West Indies cruises. You've always wanted to take a Norwegian America Line cruise, so don't miss this remarkable bonus offer. And a warm welcome from the Vista Fjord's European crew. See your travel agent or call Norwegian America Line 212-944-6900. The Vista Fjord is registered in Norway with 65 years of world cuisine experience behind her. Vista Fjord, welcome aboard. Well, 
food fans, New York Magazine's famous eater, Mimi Sheraton, has done it again. The lady who once ate every item in Bloomingdale's gourmet shop has just emerged after submerging herself in our city's seafood restaurants. Now, this is no fish story. Miss Sheridan ate 200 seafood meals in 72 restaurants in the five boroughs. And this week in New York Magazine, she rates the best of them for you. You'll also get a great pull-out guide to the city's seafood. So get this week's New York Magazine. And if you run into Mimi Sheridan, buy her a lamb chop. Remember when they used to call our flag Old Glory? And Americans were proud to be called Yankee Doodle Dandies, and you felt a tingle when you heard the circus was in town and you ate cotton candy? Well, these wonderful things are here again in the all-new special bicentennial edition of Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. Join us in wishing America well on her 200th birthday. Don't miss Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus now through May 26th at Madison Square Garden. For ticket information, call 212-564-4400 or Ticketron. This is Consumer Affairs Commissioner Eleanor Guggenheimer reminding you that when you buy a new car, you're also buying a warranty. It tells you just what is guaranteed in the way of repairs on factory defects in your car. The warranty should be just as important to you as horsepower or luggage space. Warranties aren't all alike, and the difference could mean money in your pocket. Be sure you understand exactly what parts of the car are not covered by the warranty. Tires, for instance, are usually not covered. To keep the warranty valid, You'll have to have your car serviced according to a set schedule. Stick to the schedule and keep copies of work orders and receipts to prove that you have. Read the warranty and visit the dealer's service facilities. The better they are, the better your chance of getting prompt and thorough repairs. In the final analysis, though, a warranty is only as good as the intentions of the manufacturer and dealer behind it. Find out as much as you can about their reputation for honoring warranties. You owe it to yourself to get the best deal you possibly can. And now, with another story of mystery and intrigue, here is Commander Neville Putney to keep you in... Anxiety. What's this story about, Commander? Well, it concerns a middle-aged business executive named Fremont Witherton, who, after spending his entire career with the same firm, returned home one evening with his dreams suddenly shattered. Is that you, Fremont? It's me, Erica. Fremont, you look so peaked. Erica, I've been fired. That new plant manager, he's been trying to cut me out, and today he succeeded. Well, you don't need to give me that hangdog look. Just go out and get another job. I'm through, Eric. I'm 58 years old. Nobody will hire me for half the salary I've been making. My only hope is to kill the plant manager. Fremont, I hate rough stuff, but if you've decided, your Ross goes upstairs in the trunk. You load it, and I'll warm up the getaway car. <laughs> Hey, young man, how about that for a story? Well, that was a dilly, Commander, but you just can't leave us this way. How did it all come out? Time's up for now, but tune in Bob and Ray on WOR 315 to 7, and maybe you'll find out. I'm back again. Right. Uh, I have other... Listen, I have other information that I'd like to give you, but I'd better not. I, uh... The world isn't ready for this. No, no, no. Have you noticed that there's so many people also implied that are on various radio shows and so on that they keep them from saying the truth? which the world is not yet ready for. Oh, yeah, I heard a guy interviewed the other night. I'm driving along, seeing this a guy being interviewed in this 12-watt station somewhere outside of Parsippany. And uh, he was saying, uh, there is a Parsippany, you know. That's right. Its roots go deep into the soil of New Jersey. And uh, all the way down through all those layers of junk and everything, the roots of Parsippany go. And uh, <laughs> this guy was saying things like this. Uh, he was being interviewed by this, uh, you know, this hard-biting interviewer. and says, well, uh, well, the Clyde Cliverman, 
Why do you think that those UFOs singled you out to contact? Well, I don't know, but I'll tell you this. It's a well-known fact that the Air Force, the Pentagon, and all the world leaders are together in a, uh, I won't say it's a plot, but let us put it this way, it's an undercover agreement to not let the truth of the people tell the people out about what's really happening to them UFOs. We have tracked them UFOs now for over 20 years. Me and my wife, Emily, have seen them 34 times alone in the last month. And you don't think they're letting that out? No, I'll tell you why they're not. Because they know that the people will panic. And when the people panic, the whole civilization will crumble because of this news. But there are certain people which have been signaled out by uh, the UFO types, the Venusians that I was in contact with. They have, they have selected certain people that they know will not panic, certain more intelligent people uh, like me and Emily. And they have contacted us, and I have no idea why they contacted me and Clyde when we was walking around at the lumberyard. All of a sudden we're in this when it's a flying saucer, and they are showing us that they have devised an instrument which will make man live forever, and they can talk our language, you know. They have an electrical thing that uh, they have way ahead of us in science, see, and they can read your mind, and they can tell what all the questions we wanted to know. Well, then when they turn us back on the ground, we were instructed to come to your radio show and to tell the people that they are being contacted by friendly visitors from outer space who realize that man is about to destroy himself with atomic warfare, and they have come to us at long last. They've been watching us for hundreds of years. They've come down... Well, you've heard this on the air many times, haven't you? Or don't you listen to this kind of thing, Joe? You haven't heard that? You mean you didn't work the Long John show when he was here? <laughs> well, you have a lot in common with all the other engineers. You just don't hear any of the shows you work. <laughs> that's the way it goes. But uh, nevertheless, I, you know, I'm, 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 uh, I'm thinking about this thing that the, that the desire to have an all-seeing eye control us is always with us. Now, how do you see this controlling agent? You know, there there don't be any any demonstrations in that world. You know, no, everything. Everybody will be happy too. Remember this. Uh, that's that's the whole premise upon which Shangri-La is based. There's not going to be any slums. Oh, no way. And people live for immensely long ages. That's because they're always happy. You agree, Joe? <laughs> with the big with the big llama sitting up there in the in the white uh, in the white marble uh, temple. Once in a while, he issues a dicta and uh, straightens out a little problem there. Like uh, if you want to live 500 years instead of 400 years, he straightens that out. Now, speaking of the ancients, this is W.O.R. in New York. We are your Lama. We are your Guru. At 710. Right here. Right here. You've come to the right place. Now, if you'll uh, move a little bit closer to your radio, I'll give you a demonstration of the vast powers that we have. Would you please move closer to your radio, please, congregation? Move up a little bit here. Let's fill up the front rows here in the pews. Come on, move up. Okay. Now that you're all up here... Uh, next to your radio, I want you to put your hand on the top of your radio. Now, if you're using one of these little cheap uh, Japanese transistor types that's about, you know, about the size of a box of matches, it will not work. That's, you know, you go cheap, you get cheap, right? It will not work. Now, if you have a real radio, you know, the kind with the dial that lights up and all that, uh, put your hands on top of the dial, on top of the radio. Just put them, put them up there. Just lay your hands, both hands, on top of the radio. 
That's it. Put them up there. Right there. See? you never done that in a long time. Just put your hands up there. Both of them. Just lay them on there. Now, what do you feel? No, no, Joe. That's not a radio, for God's sake. Stop it. That's a tape splicer. That'll only take your knuckle bone off. That's all. Now, now put your hands on top of the, of the radio, friends out there. There you go. All right, friends. Now, now, just just concentrate. I want you to concentrate. 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 Get rid of everything in your mind. Forget the uh, light bill. Forget the phone bill. Forget your wife, Clara. Forget everything. Concentrate on the radio. Put your hands on it and concentrate. Just see it in your mind. Concentrate. Okay, concentrate. All right. All right, everybody. Okay, I'm sorry. That was my cue for the echo chamber, Joe. <laughs> That's all right. I know you can't read my cues. That's okay. When in doubt, give me bogey. All right. So just concentrate now, and I want you to feel this. Now, come on. Turn that thing up, Joe. All right. All right. Now, did you feel that, 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 that warmth, that vibration that, that, that was coming up through your knuckle bones when we, we, when we turned the empathy machine on here? We have a, a machine here which you don't think for a minute that, that, uh, that showbiz, electronic showbiz, is going to allow charisma and empathy to be a thing of uh, hit or miss. We are far too advanced for that. Far too. So when Carson comes on every night... The NBC people, through the various uh, techniques they've designed, you know, let's face it, that's RCA, man. they got a lot of labs. They have a charisma, a subliminal charisma machine, which injects a certain set of frequencies in the color tape that this is being broadcast on. As you watch it on television, you're sitting there, you don't know, you say, oh, I love it, boy, Nicky. Look at him, look at the way he thinks with the ear. Oh, Johnny, it's okay. You can't figure out why you like Ed McMahon, can you? I mean, if you knew a guy like that in the office, you'd say, will you shut up, you loud mouth? I got to sit down, will you? But somehow you like him, don't you? You haven't asked yourself why you like him. Why do you like Johnny Kaiser? He's sitting, you know, with the, messing with his ear all the time. With the, does the same thing every night with the golf swing, you know, and he, he looks over at the orchestra, and the guy comes out with the, with, the, with the beard. You know, every orchestra leader he's got has got a beard going back through Skitch Henderson, you know, with the funny jackets, and they make a little thing. And every night you keep watching. Have you wondered why? I'll tell you why. 210DL. You never heard that phrase, did you? 210DL is a highly secret development of electronics. That's the code name of the project. As the code name of the machine that resulted from this project. The 210DL is no larger than your average uh, radar oven, you know, it's just a little piece of gear. It's set in a, in a, in a, in a six-foot rack over there at NBC, along with all the other, it looks exactly like a lot of the other stuff, except that there's a red button on it, a green button, and a black button. The black button turns it off. Touch the green button, it turns it on, and they touch the red button, and it goes on full. has no meters on the front. This baby feeds in a series of highly complex waveforms into the color tape machine. It's not visible at all. It's highly complex waveforms that are fed in that are picked up by your TV set. They have discovered that these waveforms, 
when you're when they're when you're picked up by the human eye and ear, it's a combination of eye and ear, result in a highly pleasurable feeling of almost uncontrollable love and empathy. They're not, they're not letting that rating go for chance. They're not at all. They're not messing around. Not, is this too much? Do you know how much money is riding on that show? Well, you don't think for a minute that they, they're going to they're going to they're going to rely on the fact that uh, you're going to always love Johnny, don't you? They know that love and hate is a, why guys get divorced every year. Guy, guys marry women that they fall in love with when they're seven, and they love them all the way on up through their 25th year. They get married, and six months later they're divorced. You don't think uh, love is a, is a tricky business, right? You agree? It comes and goes, man, almost like acne. And it's it's not a and it's often you know it's often parallel with that. I know one guy that every time he falls in love, he gets this giant hickey on the side of his nose. And he knows he's in trouble when that thing and when it comes to his head. Wow! But uh, you know, I, I'm just merely saying to you that that an outfit like NBC cannot allow such a very serious thing as love to be a matter of chance. Too much riding on it, and so they're using 210DL on you. And it's absolutely... It, it, the, the experiment has been going on now for over six years, and they've discovered that when they began this, at that point, Carson's rating was drooping. Interestingly enough, you'll note back in the days when when uh, the, the Cabot show first came on and, and all that stuff, and they were saying that the, the Carson show was at last, long last, beginning to show signs. You remember when they used to talk about that? They don't say that anymore, do they? Because it's not true. They finally put through a rush order, and they got the machine then, pressed the button... And everything was hunky dory. Now wait till they start using this in politics, friends. I mean, it's not going to be cheap uh, at first, but uh, the stakes are high. Oh, <laughs> so uh, I'm merely saying here to you that that uh, we have equipment here that uh, we haven't discussed much on the air. Would you please turn uh, up the empathy for just a bit, Joe? The only radio station on the eastern seaboard is equipped with this equipment, which was developed, curiously enough, in Holland. Uh, it was developed by Philips uh, of Holland, and uh, uh, it's been the... It, well, I, I, I really shouldn't talk like this, but you know that, uh, that uh, this radio station has absolutely clobbered the rest of the, uh, the opposition, the various other radio stations in town, with its ratings, just incredible. You agree? We just saw the ARBs recently. We just all the way up and down the line, and uh, certainly our shows uh, don't uh, don't warrant this. There's no question about that. Of course not. Uh, it's just just tremendous. Well, uh, roughly seven years ago, in in uh, cooperation with uh, some Dutch scientists working for Philips of Holland. Uh, we began to experiment with this equipment, and now, of course, the stuff's been working fine for about two years, and we're impregnable here. We have the North American franchise on this equipment. No other station can have it. No way. So uh, it, it really works. Have you wondered why you can't turn this show off? It's ridiculous. Why are you sit there? Well, you know, whatever it is. Try and turn it off, okay? You'll turn it off, but you'll be back. That's the point. You can turn Carson on, but you're going to come back because it, it has what they call a residual waveform effect, which means that you just can't simply 
throw the switch and walk away and say, there, I show them. Oh, 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 no way. Three days later, you're going to walk into the living room just like you always do with your bag of Frito-Lays, you know, your six-pack of Pabst, and uh, you'll squat down on your Barca lounger, and the next thing you know, you're watching that same old interview with Victor Borga that you've seen 5,000 times before, and uh, just no way of getting out of it, right? So, uh, again, I, I must say that, uh, that the information I have is, is uh, classified. I cannot uh, divulge uh, the uh, the means of uh, of uh, where I got this information. My sources, but I will say, are not only impeachable; they're highly placed, highly placed. Okay, that answers some of your questions. Does it raise a few more? Well, there are more questions today than there are answers. You'll have to accept the fact of that. Everybody's good at asking questions. There are damn few good answerers. Now, I have answered a few tonight. And, uh, of course, you have more questions. But what are you, a hog? You got a couple answers, right? Are you one of those cuckoo birds who thinks all the questions are going to be answered? There are some things that man cannot know, cannot answer. There are some questions that man cannot, uh, cannot even approach. You, why, why are you here? Don't come up with that old business. No, no, no. Oh, I'm not. I'm, I've got much more complex than that. Why does man feel an innate desire to work? He says money. No, that's not it. You know that cavemen were working before they got paid. Why was that? Nobody knows. You it, listen. It's been a long time since you've seen a squirrel do a grease job. That's right. But you see people doing it. Now, now, uh, man feels an innate desire, an innate urge to work. It's not the, the the Presbyterian or the Christian or the or whatever work ethic that you like to pretend it is. Everybody, <laughs> do you think that the do you think that the uh, that the uh, Christian work ethic built Israel? Are you kidding? Uh, <laughs> come on, let's get let's get the let's get our heads going right, gang. So. Uh, it, it, the, the work ethic is what's uh, it's, it's there, and uh, no one knows why. This has uh, been one of the things that man has been uh, uh, trying to explain to himself ever since the very earliest days. And, you know, it, it, it's not a, it, what makes it con really confusing to scientists. It is, it is not consistent. In other words, not everybody has the urge to get the work done. So this is where the confusion has been ever since uh, the very earliest days, and that, that we do have a reconstruction of, uh, of a very early conversation that occurred in a cave near a lake in an antediluvian swamp outside of uh, Lucerne, Switzerland. That's where all those cavemen were, you know, in those days. They hadn't discovered Miami Beach yet. And uh, all those cavemen were hanging around in, the, in, in France and Switzerland and places like that in those caves. And they were drawing birds and stuff on the walls. Now, that was not actually work. That was more or less of handicraft, uh, uh, hobbies. But uh, when the first uh, divergent uh, creature or character or individual from the general work ethic developed, it was an important moment in man's history. All these little milestones were two cavemen, uh, one named Og, Og, son of fire, 
And uh, the other one was named Charles. He was known more commonly as Charlie to his uh, friends in the cave. And uh, they looked almost exactly alike. You know, you've seen one caveman. You've seen them all. They, uh, he had a lot of hair, you know, oh, fantastic amount of hair. They had not discovered the Robert Redford uh, uh, shag, as they call it downstairs, at the uh, Hair Engineering Corporation. Uh, and, you know, they had a lot of hair, and they had foreheads that were not any bigger than the, well, the width of your fingernail. And it had these little foreheads. And uh, they had deep, receding chins. They had great incisors, tremendous canine teeth, too. You know, they were, they were, they were, they were meat eaters, bark chewers. That's another thing they were. They were bark gnaws. You know, not much bark like you have you, but uh, you're equipped to do it, you see, tooth-wise. Uh, but since you're hung on, uh, on bird's-eye TV dinners, you're not going to chew much bark, although there might not be much difference. Uh, <laughs> <you know. laughs> oh, by the way, I think we are time. Uh, we have to we have to give a, a a little salute to those really unsung heroes of 20th century life. Those unsung heroes. Do you have that dum 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 in there, Joe? Uh, I just and and, uh, I, I, and you can cut the uh, let's dance bit because uh, it's time now to salute an unsung hero of our time. <laughs> everybody let's dance i said cut it <laughs> that's all right it got on but i want to say this to you gang uh i want to salute all of you out there who are served tv dinners uh and 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 serve them with a great flourish like guess what's for dinner tonight howie and you know down comes the tv dinner with the meatloaf and gravy that's a big treat for tonight. You know, they do this on television. Have you seen those happy little families where the wife uh, happily serves the TV dinner? And, uh, you know, it says, and they're so easy to prepare. What do you mean, prepare? You know, prepare. <laughs> but uh, that's, uh, that we, I think it's time to salute uh, those victims of our time who, uh, you know, are wading through those little uh, aluminum trays. I know one guy that, uh, you know, he, he was eating these things so much. He had this wife named Sally. And uh, he'd get the TV dinner every night. And uh, he was eating them so much, of course, they all taste exactly alike. There's no way to tell the difference between the TV, one TV dinner and they're all the same, see? And uh, he got to the point where one night she caught him. He had eaten half of the aluminum tray. He didn't taste the difference. She says, you're eating the aluminum tray, George. He says, oh, what? She says, you're eating the aluminum tray. It's not good for you. He says, it isn't good for me. Oh. And see, by that time, his head was so, so soggy that... Uh, he had a slow reaction time. And who knows what's good for you anymore today. Uh, every five minutes, some medical science is coming up with something that's bad for you, right? Yeah, the air, you can't breathe the air anymore. That's bad. The water, you can't drink the water, right? Uh, there's a one school of scientists that say sex is bad for you. Believe it or not, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm telling you the truth, friend. Aha, you didn't hear that one, did you? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> then there's another another group of scientists who feel that uh, acorns are bad for you if you ever start messing with acorns. Then there's the crowd that says you can't drink coffee. There's the crowd that says stay away from the booze. There's the crowd that says don't smoke cigarettes. Uh, then, of course, there's the ultimate crowd that says what the hell are we messing around with all this for? Why don't we all just give up? You know, that, uh, that's, uh, that's another crowd. And uh, <laughs> then uh, it turns out <laughs> Turns out that a whole bunch of guys that went out into the desert and squatted out there in a totally health-oriented commune. You remember that crowd? 
they squatted out in the desert there, and all of a sudden, 525 of them developed an incurable skin disease from the sun. So, friends, uh, uh, you know, uh, so, so you might as well just realize that life itself is not good for your health. That ever occurred to you? That life is a long, involved process of expiration. Bum, ba -dum, bum. No, no, I'll, I'll do it myself. I'll, I'll, I'll do it pretty good. Bum, ba -dum, bum. Which means that it is commercial time. Peter Lynn Hayes and Mary Healy for Finnair. Peter, we've been married so long. Uh, would you like to be single again for a couple of weeks? Oh, Mary, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. You've spoiled me all these years. But, Peter, I've been looking over these tour folders, and Finnair now has a singles tour of Scandinavia. A Finnair singles tour? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They'd know what to do with me. Say, I wonder what it would be like being single again. <laughs> Where does it go? Copenhagen, the fjords, mm. Oslo, mm -hmm. Stockholm, and, of course, Helsinki. Well, Finnair's spoiling things for us married people by offering singles tours. Say, Mary, are you sure you won't be just a little bit jealous with all those single ladies on the tour? No, dear, because while you're seeing Scandinavia, I'll be taking the singles tour to Russia. Ah, so long, Tavarish. If you're traveling alone and you're looking for more than the usual in Scandinavia or Russia, ask for something right out of Finnair. It's the start of the finish. Peter was talking about Finnair's highlights of Scandinavia for singles. If you'd like a free colorful brochure with all the details, write WOR New York 10018 or see your travel agent. The following is an important message from Shopwell Supermarkets. Saving certificates can now be purchased at any Shopwell or Date Shopwell supermarkets on Mondays only. If you're a senior citizen or using food stamps, unemployed, or on welfare, you can save 10% with Shopwell's new saving certificates. You can buy these saving certificates on Mondays only at all Shopwell stores. They're redeemable any day at any Shopwell supermarket for all Shopwell purchases except cigarettes and beer. So, if you're a senior citizen or using food stamps, unemployed or on welfare, and you want to save 10%, visit any Shopwell supermarket for complete details. Shopwell. They really want to help. This week's specials, U.S. government grade-A broiling or frying chickens, whole, 47 cents a pound. Friends, I want to talk to you about a new Caribbean paradise fast becoming the standard for luxury, elegance, and good taste. Habitation Leclerc in fabulous, exciting Haiti. For a few discriminating people, it's the most personal, exclusive resort in the world. Only 44 secluded villas and eight suites set on 15 lush acres, each near a spring-fed semi-private pool. Breakfast served by your personal butler on your own private patio. Luncheon and dinner in a magnificent gourmet restaurant. Tennis, a game room, a huge Olympic-sized garden pool with sunken bar and waterfall. Evenings can be spent at the original hippopotamus, transported in its entirety from Manhattan's East 54th Street. For a free color brochure, call now. Learn how you can become eligible for a free week or two at Habitation Leclerc. No obligation. Call area code 212-935-0808. 935-0808. Or write Habitation Leclerc, 405 East 62nd Street, New York City. Call 935-0808 between 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. for full contest details. Or write WOR. Contest ends April 12th. Troubled or troublesome children here in Connecticut, those youngsters we've come to, called delinquent, can use your help. 
Although the Department of Children and Youth Services does indeed provide many services to the youngster committed to its care, only volunteers can offer them that personal one-to-one relationship so vital to all boys and girls. The volunteers now working with us find satisfaction and fulfillment in tutoring and teaching the skills of art, handiwork, dance, sports, or some other specialty. The DCYS volunteers know the job is not easy. Understanding the adolescent is most difficult, but it's also most rewarding. The troubled youngsters from your community, now under the care of DCYS, will someday return to your community. Your help, by volunteering a few hours of your time each week, will ensure they're returning as productive citizens. For more information, call Volunteer Services Chief Mary Joan Herbst at DCYS in Hartford, 566-3526. But uh, we uh, started out tonight by uh, discussing briefly the case of the man who who uh, went around and uh, put in all those false alarms. The false alarm syndrome is very, very big today. In fact, many newscasts are filled with them. False alarms. You know, there's a theory that says that if all news departments and all news stations were shut off tomorrow and all newspapers went out of business for one month, total peace would return to the world. You thought about that? Well, let's face it. Let's say the country A, the premier, is out on a binge one night. He's interviewed by Gabe Pressman. And he says, well, it's them guys in, comp- in that B country over there, that bunch of bumps. I'll tell you this, we're going to take repercussions against them. Well, then immediately that goes on all the newscasts. And these guys are sitting over there in country B. And, uh, you know, they're doing what they always do, which is eat popcorn and watch television. And all of a sudden, on the news comes the premier of com- country A. And he's saying, we're going to take repercussions against country B. You know, them guys with the funny ears. And at that point... The premier is called upon to make a statement in Country B. He makes a statement. He says, if it is true that the premier of Country A has made the statements which have been attributed to them, we must ask for additional military aid from the United States. At which point, Kissinger flies over and we lay another 422 F-104s on him. And of course, then Country B, which has got all the F-104s, hears about that on television. And immediately then, the premier says, We are up in arms! We have not gotten the same military aid as Country B, which of course is a known aggressor. And as a known aggressor, they are getting once again aid from the imperialist running dogs of the United States of America. Guess you better get over here quick, or we're going to cut off their supply of popcorn. At which point, Kissinger runs over and he lays 4,104s on Country A. <laughs> Now, if none of that stuff had ever gotten on the news, Country A and Country B would have still continued to do what they always do, you know, walk around, eat popcorn, watch the reruns of Canon, and uh, it just keeps building up. And, in fact, one strike begets another, you know, a whole bunch of guys, you know, that are sitting out there in the uh, the uh, tennis shoe retreading union. They're happy, you know, they're retreading tennis shoes, everything's going along. One day, one guy picks up on the news, he's watching the news, and he sees this labor leader say, And I tell you, that the laboring man, he's got to have at least a 75% raise. We are going to demand a 300-day vacation a year, and we are going to have a guaranteed income for life, and a guaranteed job from the age of four. 
and retirement at the age of 16 with full pay. And he's sitting there, what the heck is this? And the next thing you know, the tennis shoe retreaders are out on strike and all the NA, all the NFL teams can't play or the NAP or the NBA or whatever those basketball players are because the tennis shoes are wearing out. All the bookies are up in arms and all the Oh, it just goes on and on and on, see? So, uh, maybe if you cut off all news for one solid month all over the world, this is Shepard's solution to the world problems. The false alarm syndrome will not, uh, will not be as prevalent. Oh, yes, there'll still be a few bits of trouble in the world. Guys are going to get bad knees. Guys' wives are going to hit them in the mouth with a frying pan. Uh, guys will get mugged. But uh, I think there'll be a general quieting down of the hoopla. We ought to declare a, a, a one month. You know, like we declare a ceasefire? We declare a one-month moratorium on testing A-bombs. We ought to have a one-month moratorium on all news. And then Walter Cronkite could come on and tell funny stories every night, do card tricks. <laughs> this is WOR New York. Stay tuned for In Conversation.